0: Thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into Being the skeptic psychic. Hello, how are you doing tonight? This is me right here on your camera looking at you, looking at me, looking at you. Welcome once again to the skeptic psychic. I'm, of course, uh, Richard, and with me, as always, the wonderful, talented, and extraordinarily uh, confident, I should say, my sister. Kimber Rodriguez.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Pretty well. How are you
1: doing? I'm doing okay. Anything new with you this week? Uh, well,
0: uh, thinking about putting a couple of pictures onto the uh, onto the website, uh, onto the Facebook. Uh, well, actually, they are there, but I got to put them over there to the Skeptic Sidekick, so that way you could see me and my multiple Halloween costumes.
1: Interesting. Yes. You need to share that. Hey, Shelley, how's it going this week? Good evening. Yes. Um, we... Sorry. Brain went a little out. <laughs> it's been one of those days. Brain, brain, yes. <laughs> uh, we'd like to welcome everybody this week and... We ask that if you're joining us on YouTube, please make sure that you like and subscribe and hit the notification. See so you know, going today? So, so you know when we go live, um, we're here every Sunday, 830 Central Time. And if you're listening to us on a replay through podcast, uh, make sure that you rate and review us. How many stars do we like?
0: You like a one, a two, a one, two, three, four, five.
1: <laughs> yes, five stars, but we'll take whatever you give us. And if you do rate us, make sure you review us. We do read the reviews on air. So it's a good way to get a little shout out. 500, 500. yes. Woohoo! I like that. <laughs> and I wanted to share a little story that happened to me this past well, last week. Um, hey, Autumn. autumn. Well, thank you for joining us. So glad you're here tonight. And last week was my best friend's birthday. And she passed away in 2016. So it's been about four years. The morning of her birthday i was peacefully sleeping you know cuddled up in bed with with mercy and all of a sudden i hear this this loud sound <laughs> oh, okay i <Autumn. laughs> glad you're not in the bathtub <laughs> anyway she's loading
0: laundry
1: yes i was i was sleeping cuddled up with mercy and i hear this loud bang sound And I wake up and at the top of our closet was securely stored, stowed, stored, however you want to say it, a Garth Brooks box set that belonged to Mercy. Somehow that box set ended up on our bedroom floor. Mind you, that box set had been in place for about two years or so, maybe longer. Never budged and on this particular morning it was on yes yes this is the box that fell it was laying on my bedroom floor and so i'm wondering if that was just my best friend's way of saying hello since it was her birthday letting me know that she hadn't forgotten about me and that she was still with me and that hopefully i didn't forget about her so yeah i just wanted to share that because it was kind of creepy Um, Nothing else since then, but yeah. So, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we're going to have just one of the most fascinating discussions
0: on the uh, la luna or the moon and the myths behind it and stories and legends of those.
1: Interesting. So, you want to kick this off?
0: okay uh, i will kick this off
1: anything else okay. you want to add before you kick it off
0: <laughs> uh yeah I, I i want to add that uh again If uh come check us out on the uh the, fe- the facebook page and like i said I, for halloween this year
1: i had a multitude of costumes so
0: i need to put them up there and have
1: you guys take a look at it yes maybe we'll vote on which one we think is the best
0: They let us know if we watch for it. (laughs) Okay. Yes. All right. So let's talk about the moon. Our singular satellite that has a modern distinction of being the only known satellite of a planet without a name. Moons of Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Uranus all have their names identifying themselves as something other than just moons. Even Pluto and other dwarf planets in the asteroid and Kuiper belts have names to their satellites. Our lovely lunar companion, however, hasn't even been considered nameless.
1: So it's Uranus, not Uranus.
0: Yes, it is Uranus. Or Uranus.
1: But not Uranus.
0: Not Uranus.
1: Oh. That's that, uh,
0: that hangs uh, that actually hangs out on the uh, around the uh, around neptune and it's uh, just like a uh, klingon stew okay yes
1: now the Anca- ancient incas believed the moon to be a goddess that they named mama kia and she cried right. silver tears lunar eclipses were animals or serpents that were attacking their goddess and they would make such a noise as they could to possibly scare away these attackers. And in Babylonian times, the moon was a god named Sim. Not the Sims, but they called him Sim. He had a beard of lapis lazuli and rode upon a winged bull. Now Sim was represented by the number 30, which was the number of days in a lunar month. Now, Greco myths called the moon after the goddess Selene. And her brother was a sun. Selene is...
0: Who could tell me what the sun, uh, the sun uh, rider was named? Who drove um, the chariot for the sun?
1: Was it Apollo? No, not Apollo. Um, yes, it was. It was Apollo?
0: It was Apollo.
1: Okay, I thought so. Now, Celine was said to drive a silver chariot that was pulled by two snow-white horses across the sky each night.
0: There's been many talk, uh, many times of actually giving our moon a name. The forerunner being the Latin, Luna. Literally, it just means the moon. But then again, even before Galileo first peered to Jupiter, the world had no idea that other moons were even out there. Galileo, of course, discovered four moons orbiting the gas giant. Though now known as 80 of them, 57 probably have names long before we get around to agreeing ours, ours can use one. Even though Jupiter's smallest moon, Leda, is less than 10 miles or 16 kilometers in circumference.
1: Now, personally, I still believe that Pluto is a planet. Sorry, Negrassi Titan. Um, I'll never give up Pluto as a planet. But did you know that our moon is the fifth largest in the solar system? It's more than a quarter the size of the Earth, which makes it the largest moon in ratio to the size of its planet. Now Pluto did once hold the largest moon as the ratio of Chiron is nearly half of Pluto's size. Again in my opinion Pluto is still a planet so it does I guess in ratio um, it kind of counter affects our moon but you know that's just my opinion.
0: I mean, being even a winner in, in size class hasn't even earned our moon a name. How embarrassing would it be one day to show the world to our uh, alien visitors, uh, alien brothers, to have them look up at that silvery glowing orb in the sky and for us to say, oh yeah, we call that the moon. And we can hear the response now. Yes, we can see it's a moon. But what is it called? Geez, you think the sun had a name, that, uh, the moon as well. Oh, wait. Our sun doesn't even have a name either. Wow. It gives the meanings for life from our planet, and we haven't even bothered to name our own star.
1: Well, wouldn't the name of the star be the sun? No, because other
0: stars have names, and they're also considered suns.
1: Yes, Raymond agrees with me that Pluto is a planet and no one can say otherwise. Exactly. And yes, he is also a cute Disney dog. I agree there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we digress. An old joke I I
0: remember of uh, these two, uh, it's actually from uh, Spaceballs. So there we are on this planet, full of trees. And I realized, man, this must be Pluto. My buddy over here is like, what do you mean this is Pluto? He's like, see all the bark.
1: Ha ha ha. Yes. Autumn is correct. My very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. Uh Uh-huh. Diana, the Roman goddess of the moon, the forest and the hut. Yes, but we digress. We have many myths regarding our own moon. As children, we were told that it was made of green cheese, but that was disproven with the lunar landing in 1969. As it turns out, the moon is a lot of dust and rocks being gray in color and looks like old asphalt. The green cheese myth likely came about thanks to the changing light reflecting from the lunar surface. While sunlight is composed from all colors, it is affected by our atmosphere. While our brains interpret the moon's high in the sky reflected light white as all of the colors merge together, when it is lower on the horizon, it does tend to have a yellowish-green cast to it, especially in the shadowed areas. And then again, we have the harvest moon of the orangish shade and a pink moon, so... Yes, the moon can actually be several colors other than the green cheese moon color that we all know.
0: Less interesting, most scholars do believe that the phrase green cheese comes from a story of a simpleton who once took the moon's full moon reflection on water as a will of delicious cheese and getting soaked in trying to fetch it unsuccessfully out of the water. It has always been as sort of a well, duh, that's obviously not true, sort of statement. One so plain that only a simpleton would believe otherwise.
1: Yes, there are tales that reflect this in many cultures. There is a Slavic story going back hundreds of years that tells of a fox who leads a wolf into believing that the moon's reflection in the water is a block of cheese. The wolf Foolishly drinks and drinks the water. Try and get the level low enough so he can eat the cheese, only to die from bursting in his stomach in his greediness. That's kind of a sad, sick story if you think about yes. it. That poor wolf. Well, it's
0: just the Slavs' morals. That's a moral tale, you know. If you eat too much or drink too much, your stomach's gonna burst.
1: Yes, I felt yeah. like it's bursting sometimes after eating quite a bit. Yeah.
0: A medieval French rabbi recorded is what to believe the first ever animal fable, which also tells of a fox outwitting a wolf. The fox lowers itself into a bucket, into a well. The wolf asks, what are you going down there for? The fox, knowing the wolf wants to kill him, says, look, there's plenty of food down here to eat, pointing out the reflection of the moon in the water. The wolf, believing that the moon to be cheese, climbs the, uh, into the pulley, other bucket, and descends down. As the bucket lowers, the fox bucket is drawn upwards to safety. Realizing that he had been tricked, the wolf demands the fox to tell him how to get out of the well. The fox, knowing that he is now safe from the wolf's clutches, makes a pricey reply about how righteous are delivered from trouble and the wicked are being left in their steed. After all, Most religions are a series of checks and balances.
1: This is true. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's a common proverb or saying about the moon being made of green cheese. And the phrase itself likely comes from the proverbs of John Haywood, which was published in 1546. At the time, most would have said to make one believe the moon is made of green cheese but Haywood is likely the one who coined the phrase as we see it today.
0: The French, however, used the proverb, il veut prendre la lune avec les dons, which translates, he who wants to take the moon in his teeth. As such, the Gascons of southern France tell a tale of a peasant who took his donkey to get a drink. As a cloud obscures the moon's reflection in the water, and the peasant toofully believe his donkey has drunk the moon, Killing the animal in order to get the moon back. Mm.
1: Autumn says there is a medical condition called Praetor Willy, where you do not have the sensation of being full. So you can eat and drink yourself to death. Um, I uh, I have actually never heard of that, but I know Mercy, since he had a stroke, it seems like he doesn't get full. He's always saying he's hungry even just after he ate. And I don't know if it's like you said that he lost that sensation or if he just doesn't remember that he just ate. But yeah, we we have to keep an eye on him because he will eat and eat and eat and drink and drink and drink. So that's very interesting. Now there is a Turkish tale of a man who worries that the moon fell into the well. So he goes to get a rope and tries to fish it out. While straining against the rope breaks and the mall i'm sorry the man falls backwards onto the ground seeing the moon in the sky the man praises allah that the moon is safely back where it belongs and even the scottish have a tale of a wolf who fishes with his tail hoping to catch the moon not un- not understanding it is just a reflection
0: in 1902 there was a survey given by two children by U.S. psychologist G. Stanley Hall, who noted that 423 children he had survived, averaging from five years of age, that 18 of them believed this to be true, that the moon is made of uh, green cheese. Some of them, those young theorists, included that the moon would actually get smaller and smaller as mice nibbled on it, but would grow whole again if it was fed pieces of cheese. The cheese would have to be tossed into the air for the clouds to catch and carry to the moon. Another thought that the moon was green was because the man of the moon fed it green grass. Another dark spot from old. The moon was really green, but only looked yellowish-white because it was wrapped in a cheesecloth.
1: Interesting. Yes. it's You know, it's really interesting the um, imagination children have to come up with some, you know, interesting theories on the creations of things and how things are made. So it always am- amazes me when you ask kids about things and they come up with certain things like that. And the green cheese theory. While we now have proof here on earth in the form of moon rocks and dust, it turns out the harmonic vibrations of moon rock and the seismic velocity of shock waves that passes through it comp- that make up the composition of the moon and it is closer to green cheese than any other kind of rock that you would find on earth. So that's actually pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, honestly, you know, while we're still some of us who believe that the moon is made of green cheese, English statistician Dennis victory. Lindsay is often quoted as saying, if a decision maker thinks something cannot be true and attempted to mean zero probabilities, he will never be influenced by any other data, which is surely absurd. So leave a little probability for the moon being made of green cheese. It can be as small as one and one million. and But we'll have, it, of course, Mr. Lindley Lynn meant this way of allowing yourself a wiggle room to change your mind should evidence contrary to your belief arise. You would think he was encouraging us to be, leave a little bit of wonder in your life. Allow for the unknown the surprise, and the absurd. After all, that allows the moon to be magical, doesn't it?
1: Yes, but let's just get back to the facts.
0: More myths will come, promise.
1: While Pink Floyd's album perpetrates the myth about the dark side of the moon, the far side of the moon receives full illumination or shade depending on its location to the sun throughout the day. So I guess that dark side of the moon kind of changes depending on where the sun is shining at that time mm-hmm. we also hear the moon doesn't show us the far side it actually does spin it spins however with the rotation of the earth so it's near faces face so it's near face is the one that we see as the farther side and it's constantly spinning away from us However, we do see more than 50% of the moon's surface as the moon and the earth do not orbit on the same plane. So we actually see about 59% of the lunar surface throughout its 30-day orbit around our world.
0: Anyone who looks up at the full moon suspended in the sky would probably agree, yes, the moon is round, like a model But it's really an illusion. The moon is shaped similar to a hen's egg or a gumdrop, if it is tapered smaller on one end. That tapered edge would just happen to be the size of the faces away from us. It's not exaggerated distortion, but it's deviation to its shape. Interesting.
1: Yes. That's something I never knew. Yes. Excuse me. In the 1820s, a Bavarian astronomer named Franz von Paula Gruthilsson claimed he had spotted cities on the moon, and that the Lunarians who lived there had sophisticated roads, buildings, and forts, while his very fellow astronomers laughed at him. He is the one who wound up with a lunar crater named after him.
0: Before Franz, there was Sir William Herschel in the 1700s who was a prominent British astronomer as well as a composer who also believed that aliens lived on the moon. Herschel discovered that Uranus and loved astronomy so much that a fellow doctorate helped him secure a natural pension of 200 pounds a year from King George III so he could give up his music and devote himself entirely to astronomy.
1: So apparently believing in aliens and looking for aliens was just a big hit then as it is now?
0: Of course. But before he won his pension... Herschel was convinced he had seen forests on the moon, climbing the sides of mountains. He went further, reporting that there were circular cities built all over the moon. He couldn't believe the craters he was looking at. He had possibly anything but intelligence built as the cities were too symmetrical to be product of nature. He even thought that he knew why. As a circular design would capture the light of the sun. Not for solar energy, but rather for the lesser atmosphere of the moon, preventing clouds from forming. So a circular building would keep the one side of the home warm and the other side cool, depending on which way you want it. He never pu- published his thoughts and matters, but his papers were found long after his death and eventually uh, printed in various uh, newspapers. He's regarded as the others that didn't watch the moon as closely as he did. And he felt that the new crater was proof that the Lunarians were, built, were building yet another city.
1: Hmm. Now, H.G. Wells wrote The First Men on the Moon, which is about a hollow moon inhibited by aliens. Um, I do remember seeing a thing on the History Channel when Mercy was in the nursing home where they talked about this theory and that, you know, there were aliens on the moon and this being a, a space station for those aliens However, back to H.G. Wells. In 1970, a pair of Soviet scientists proposed that the moon was actually a shell-like alien spacecraft that had been built by extraterrestrials. Uh, However, to debunk this one, the moon's mass and gravitational field means it has a dense core and is not hollow at all.
0: There's also a theory that circulated after World War II how German astronauts had a top-secret facility on the moon. Even rumors that Hitler, after faking his own death, mind you, lived out their manner's days hiding in an underground bunker. The UFO crash in Roswell in 1947 just added to the hype as rumors abound that the ship found was proof that Nazis had a UFO program developed. Now, I want to stop right there. If you ever want to see a movie about Nazis living on the moon, there's a movie done by the Dutch production company called Iron Sky. It's a comedy about the, uh, uh, the, the astronauts are going up there to get uh, helium-3 uh, from the moon and discover a hidden secret uh, laboratory with the Nazis still there.
1: It is hilarious. Ah, I've never heard of Hitler living on the moon after faking his death, but I do know there is a theory that he moved to Argentina and there's actually a home there that they think belonged to Hitler. Um, I work at a psych ward at the VA and I can tell you that even the residents didn't know the phase of the moon would act out during the full moon we had many more agitated residents and had to give out more wet, more meds to calm them. That's interesting. Mm. Um, Which is why you
0: hear, uh, you hear the word lunatic. Yes. The, uh, the wild men uh, come out during the, uh, the full moon.
1: Yes. And what about all the seas on the moon? We have the Sea of Tranquility, the Sea of Showers, and the Sea of Serenity though they are often referred to by their Latin names like Mare Imbrium, these aren't seas at all like we have here on Earth. In fact, the Sea of Tranquility is where the first human footsteps that Neil Armstrong took when he took his one giant leap for mankind. And it turns out rather than water, ancient astronomers imagined the seas of our moon are actually ancient plains of solid lava, which appear darker than their surrounding areas.
0: But wait, lava? The moon had volcanoes? It did. Most shield volcanoes, which on the Earth are largest heavy head, shield volcanoes are not soaring and tall, but rather large in circumference with low-rising slopes. While well, the newest volcano evidence We see it's likely 18 million years old. Scientists say we could be eruptions that could have happened today. In fact, the deeper crust on the inside side of the moon is that we can see several hundred degrees warmer than it's on its farther side.
1: Rather than small slopes and craters on the other side's featureless landscapes, the moon has mountains and some are incredibly tall. The largest lunar mountain is more than half the height of Mount Everest, though the moon holds a summit onto a plain elsewhere that is even taller than its mountains. Plate tectonics, however, are not to thank for the mountains. Mons, Huygens, or its neighbors. These were created during the impact that create the mare Imbrium. The Sea of Rains is one of the largest craters in the solar system and formed when a proto-planet crashed into the moon during the latter part of our solar system's formation 3.9 billion years ago. Basaltic lava then flowed from the cracks in the crust and flooded the basin. The mountains on its rims were formed from all the displaced material.
0: Despite being its own body, our rules of north, south, east, and west apply. But then if there really were Lumerians there, we surely would probably have something to say about it.
1: Yes, Raymond says, I don't know about Hitler, but I do know there are conspiracy theorists that say we faked the moon's landing. And it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, I do agree that that is a a crazy, out there, outlandish conspiracy.
0: (laughs) Well, I for one believe that we did land on the moon, but you may think it's a little weird, but they filmed the fake moon landing because they were protecting something that was going on on the moon.
1: Ah, interesting. And Autumn also says that on full moons, we get swamped with the EMS calls for psychiatric behavior and suicidal attempts. Mm -hmm. In the nursing home, the sundowners would be up all night struggling with it. Also, more women go into labor on a full moon than any other phase. Interesting. The first baby she ever delivered was on a full moon.
0: Wow. Now, Raymond also said one thing he had heard, the flag is moving, but there's no air up there. Yes, that's actually Autumn
1: who says that. Okay. Yes. Um, And we will discuss that as well. Yes. See, the moon also, despite rumors to otherwise, does have an atmosphere as well as gravity. while neither allow us to take a stroll across the lunar surface, enjoying the gentle breeze, gravity exists around everything.
0: That stroll across the moon would be more of a bounce as the moon's gravitational pull is only one-sixth that of Earth. Your muscles used uh, to the Earth's heavier pull overworked on the moon's surface if you're somehow born and raised on Earth. However, if you ever visit Earth, you wouldn't be able to walk. On the moon, muscles used for propelling a body weight of 150 pounds would find itself moving a body now weighing only 30 pounds. That 150 pounds moonling, however, would be crust trying to move a mass that would suddenly weigh 750 pounds here on Earth.
1: Sorry, husband is bringing me dinner.
0: Thank oh, you, Mercy. Really awesome.
1: Isn't that sweet of him? I will set it aside for right now.
0: Did he bring you Dr. Pepper?
1: He did not. He just brought me pizza and salad. You could just call him and say, where's my Dr. Pepper? <laughs> you'd think he'd answer the phone, but probably not. No. And that atmosphere that you'd be breathing in, it's thin and smells like spent gunpowder. It is compromised mostly of hydrogen, neon, and argon, which would not sustain your life. Now, it's not that the moon doesn't have any oxygen. In fact, it does have oxygen in abundance. But it's tied into the lunar surface. It is speculated that the top surface of the moon alone contains enough oxygen to support life. But the trick would be, in how to extract that oxygen into a gaseous form that your lungs would actually be able to use.
0: Well, you'd also, uh, you'd also have to wonder about hydrogen, neon, and argon in the air. So. Yes, exactly. You know, the moon itself, uh, despite it seemingly like a tor- totally foreign substance, actually holds a lot of the same oxygen-rich materials that we have on Earth, such as silica, aluminum, iron. Mica and magnesium, or mag—how do the British say it? Magnism?
1: Magnism? Yeah,
0: maybe I don't know. I don't know. That that lunar dust the astronauts have kicked up, left footprints, and brought back in precious samples is 45 percent oxygen. The lunar surface just holds enough minerals in different concentrations, thanks to the constant bombardment of meteorite impacts. And that's just the surface of the material. It's estimated estimate that 32 feet, 10 meters for our, our uh, European and of the moon's surfaces would easily be accessible, could provide all 8 billion people on Earth with enough oxygen for 100,000. I said 100,000. I'd say 100,000 years.
1: But again, what about those other gases that are in that atmosphere that are not very healthy for us to breathe in. Yeah. Anyway, what about the moon and its effect on the tides? Yes, the moon does help raise and lower our tides by a couple of meters in the ocean, but it's not alone. The sun's gravity also affects the tides. Though due to its, its its distance from the earth, it is to a lesser extent. And what about the moon's effect on the human body? Physics proves that while the moon can manipulate water, it's not the water that exists within our bodies. The truck that passes you on the freeway raises a far greater tide effect on your body than the moon ever could. That's interesting because you know how, like, when the truck is going by, like, super fast, you can kind of feel it vibrate in your body. Mm-hmm. So that kind of explains why that happens. So I, I personally find that extremely interesting. Um, but even a person simply walking past you has more of a tidal effect on your body than the moon. So I guess that could also be why you kind of feel when somebody's coming up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're affecting you in that way. Um, Autumn says that living by the ocean in Florida, she could always smell low tide prime time to go clam digging. Um, Yes, I can definitely see that. I've spent time at the South Padre Island close to here where we live. And you're right. You can smell when that tide goes down and or goes up.
0: Now, as uh a, You uh, you had also brought up our wonderful uh,
1: autumn
0: <laughs> uh, crew about the uh, crazy people do come out in spades uh, during the full moon. And some women can claim their periods are in sync with the changing of the moon tides. Emergency room visits and births are also said to be higher during that full moon. And they've kind of said that they can just be just urban myths and coincidences, but who knows?
1: Again, though, with what was pointed out in our chat about how people acting out without even being able to see the moon, that leads me to think that this idea of it being a myth or a coincidence is just the skeptics rearing their heads. Because, I mean, how can you when you don't even know what's going on and you're reacting this way, how can that be like, oh, that's just a coincidence Mm. or a myth. Um, I'm sorry. I, I have to believe there is some truth to that personally. Though in 18th century England, they used to allow you to plead on the grounds of insanity. If your murderous rampage did happen during a full moon, compared to the hanging on the gallows, Maybe you would get a lengthy stay in the asylum. However, psychiatric patients then were awful. Sorry, tongue tie again. They were often shackled and beaten during various lunar phases, hoping to prevent measures to keep them from going full on crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the moon is actually far further away than it was last year. The moon itself moves 1.9, or 1.49, excuse me, or 3.78 centimeters away each year, as it slowly escapes our gravity. Its orbital period increases, and our own rotation slows down. Our days, thanks to the elliptical orbit, have never been a true 24 hours, but rather some days are a few minutes longer and some days are a few minutes shorter. That's why every few years the world clock adds a nanosecond to its calculation, and why our year is a bit longer than you think. Try thinking 365.26 days, or three day, or 365 days, six hours, nine minutes. And nine seconds, hence the need for a leap year every four years.
1: Interesting. Yes. Now, how does this happen? Well, it goes back to those tidal pools. As the ocean, as the oceans bulge to the moon's gravitational pull, the Earth spin loses a little bit more momentum. This, giving the law of momentum, slowly spinning down actually gives the moon a speed bump, which forces it outward more and more in order to maintain complete momentum between us. Well, we
0: uh, asking about uh, werewolves and all those wonderful uh, (sighs) creatures that haunt the night that rise upon the full moon. It is uh, also one of the uh, myths of the fact of uh, going back into lunacy or lunatics uh at i believe uh turning into a a werewolf uh is uh leucanthropy which again using the moon itself as being one of the myths that you know answers of that? Yeah, that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, going back in the uh, ancient myths when it comes to lycanthropy, it was believed that if you put on a, uh, a wolf's hide, you can become uh, wolf-like, uh, and through the years it came down to, well, if you're bitten by a wolf, down to, oh, well, you have to be specifically bitten by a werewolf, so... Interesting how our myths uh, come down through the ages. Yes. Oh, again, we're not going to be losing the the moon tomorrow or any time, actually. It will take an exact uh, estimate of 50 billion years before the moon retreats out to a point where the orbit matches the speed of our rotation. When that happens, we'll be tidally locked to the moon which means we're always sitting in the sky above as one part of our world. The rest of the planet will no longer have the opportunity to see the moon, which means our tides will fade even though the sun will cause them to a lesser extent.
1: After another few billion years, this would reverse, and the moon will eventually start creeping closer to our planet, until one day it is torn apart by our gravity. However, none of us will be around for this as the Earth and Moon will be extremely lucky to survive the sun's changes from its current happy, glowing dwarf state into a swollen red giant and then collapsing into a tiny white dwarf. These lovely stellar events are expected to begin in some 10 billion years.
0: But we still have time. 10 billion years seem to be a long time, to still sunbathe, surf, craft, hike, read, you know, whatever floats your boat. After all, the dinosaurs ruled the Earth until 65 million years ago. Given that it was simply ages ago, we would have to extend that period nearly 150 times before our sun sends us on our final journey. No need to pack up your belongings and make reservations to leave this planet just yet, and no no need to worry about Elon Musk's trip to Mars.
1: Now, will it be Musk though, or will it be the other guy?
0: Oh, maybe it uh, the might one be who Richard. owns Amazon. It might be Richard Branson.
1: Ah. Now this is getting a little bit a uh, little bit deep. How about we move back to Simone Mythos and the stories passed down through various cultures, those that contain a bit of magic and a lure that speaks to us still when we gaze upon the night sky. I mean, after all, that's what this episode is supposed to be about, right?
0: Exactly. Now, there is a S- Siberian story about that the moon is guard from fang marks of a monster named Akila, who fills the universe with its huge black wings. Ali- uh, Alikia is a really personification of darkness and he slowly gnaws away at the moon which is why we see it in the sky the moon however doesn't agree with his digestive system and he starts to throw it back up bit by bit which is why the moon is in its waxing state eventually the creature throws everything up so the moon is full again but then his hunger kicks back in so he starts eating the moon again he is also blamed for solar eclipse as he tries to swallow the sun, but finds it too hot and must spit it out again.
1: <laughs> oh, there are some indigenous African tribes that call the moon their god, whose name is Mawa or Mawu. And he is the companion of the sun goddess, which is Lisa. Eclipses happen when the two get together and copulate. Yes. yes let's keep this uh, family friendly. <laughs> There's also a tell of the drummer in the moon that comes from the Ivory Coast. The drummer sits on the moon and plays his drum for the spirits of the ancestors. Ancestors are with him on the moon, unseen, but waiting for the rest of their people to join them one day. While they wait, the drummer plays and chants and tells stories to the ancestors. It is said that if you look up when the moon is full, you can see him there playing his drum. If you listen carefully while you fall asleep, perhaps you'll even hear him and dream of the drummer man and your ancestors.
0: There's also many Asian, Asian legends of the rabbit in the moon. One tells of the story of a fox, a monkey, and a rabbit who resolved to, uh, to help a hungry old beggar. One day, when the moon is full in the sky, the monkey gathers the tree nuts for the beggar while the fox steals some milk. The rabbit, however, can only gather grass, which he knows the man cannot eat. So instead, he offers up his body, throwing it throwing himself into the man's heart. Surprisingly, the rabbit doesn't burn. It turns out that the beggar is actually a god in disguise. And in thanks for the rabbit's grand gesture, he edges the rabbit's sacrifice into the moon's surface for all to see.
1: Oh, that's a sweet story. Yes. Yes. In Peru, it is said that a fox pined to reach the moon. In fact, he couldn't stop thinking about it, so he began braiding a long grass rope. Once it was long enough, he asked the birds to fly up to the moon for him, and then he began to climb. He is still there today, if you know just where to look.
0: In Scandinavia, there's the story of Jack and Jill who went up the hill to fetch a pail of water, The reason they went up there is because the water was from a magic well that would cause the drinker to be inspired with poetry and prophecy. The man who carried the moon across the sky each night in the chariot saw the children and the water swoop down to scoop them up. The surprised children managed to keep a hold onto their pole while the bucket was hanging between them, but as the chariot lurched back into the sky, the water splashed out. Both the children Their bucket and pole are seen in the full moon today. And you can still see a splash behind them of when the water was lost.
1: So is that how Jack fell down and broke his crown?
0: Yeah. And Jill Jill can tumbling after? after.
1: (laughs) Now, Australian tribes tell of the moon changes as the moon, who they call Balu, once visited Earth and met two women who invited him to ride along on their canoe. Balu became unbalanced in the little boat and fell into the river. He was so embarrassed that he decided to hide rather than climb back into the canoe. He no longer comes to earth but stays safely at a distance. He still, however, rema- regularly remembers the accident and shrinks away in shame. It is only when he pulls himself together his courage that he grows full again.
0: Polynesia tells the tale of Hina, who was out gathering water one evening when she saw a night rainbow formed by the moon's light. She have always wanted to live in heaven, so she walked along the rainbow until she found herself on the moon. She lives there quite happily now, and she can be seen beating fibers into cloth.
1: Raymond says he hasn't seen any cows jump over the moon lately. Um no, I haven't, we haven't had
0: we haven't had uh, any dogs lapping the sea sport and I make sure every night to check to make sure that the fish that the, the dish. Food does not run away with the fish. Yes. Every night. I've had
1: I've had to lock them up a couple of times so I'll tell you. Yeah.
0: And even though I have cats none of them know how to play a fiddle.
1: Yes. Ancient Egypt tells of an embodiment of death and chaos called Apep, who was a foil against the sun god of Ra. Apep is a serpent pursuing Ra who lights our day by pulling the sun on his huge sky barge. Sometimes Apep even catches up to Ra and tries to eat him, barge and all, which would be, of course, the eclipse. And his defenders always manage to fight their way to freedom just before all is lost.
0: Well, the Hindus have a story, a horror story about the moon. You want to take that?
1: First of all, um, Autumn says that her cats used to play her boyfriend's guitar. She's asking if that counts as far as like the fiddle.
0: Well, it all depends on if you see a cow jumping over the moon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> she also says that she once read that the moon changes from barren, which is the new moon, to pregnant, the full moon, as it is giving birth to us as for life. Um, that's a, a, a Wiccan belief. That's actually very interesting, Autumn. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, the Hindus believe that Rahu, a wrathful demigod, wanted to live forever by drinking the nectar of immortality. The sun and moon, however, informed Lord Vishnu of Rahu's act. So Vishnu beheaded Rahu before the liquid could get past his mouth and down his throat. Sadly, Rahu's head had already partaken of the nectar, so it cannot die. And now chases the sun and moon across the sky, swallowing them when he can However, luckily for both, the orbs simply slip out his neck and are able to continue on their way. So I guess maybe that's when we have like a
0: lunar eclipses.
1: Would that be an eclipse or would that be like a meteor shower?
0: I think it'd be an eclipse. Oh, okay. Now, Norse mythology, one of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, mythos. Explains pretty much everything wrong at the feet of the uh, mischief god Loki, the trickster. He's pretty much uh, getting uh, busy, getting pregnant from variety of animals and changing his shape into that of a female wolf, serpent, and a horse. And then by giving birth, he's once he's been impregnated, the wolf that he spawned, Fenrir, fathers her his own two pups, Skidroll and Hati or, or Hathi, depending on what you want. Skull is the sun's eventual demise as he will sink his teeth and extinguish the light in his bleak belly. Hathi will be allowed to devour the moon. Stephen Hawking's, everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is, noted that even uh, addresses the wolf pups as a North explanation for eclipses. Those skeptics believe that North poetry Hence, darkly, that Skull and Hati will not be allowed to devour these celestial bodies until the end of time.
1: Interesting. Yes. Ancient Persia used to tell of Peri. These were little winged humanoids similar to fairies. Now they weren't really good or evil, but more mischievous, and could work with you for good. Or they might blight your crops or darken the sun and the moon. The Paris role didn't change until nearly a thousand years later when they were changed into fallen angels that were bent on repentance. The new stories eventually claimed that their penance was complete and they now live as loyal servants to the earthly kings.
0: Even old Willie Shakespeare got in on the edge, claiming in his plays that the spots on the moon represents a witch carrying sticks of wood on her back, or an old man with a lantern.
1: There are some Native American stories that tell variations of how the moon is held hostage by a hostile tribe. And a pair of antelope are given the task of, re- of rescuing it and handling the moon over to a good tribe. Sadly, again, Coyote, being a trickster, is was always getting blamed for things. Um, he always seems to get the moon first and toss it into the river. Yep.
0: Now, the Aztecs told of four times the gods tried to get a sun into the sky. Each time they managed it, it would disappear, burning out or being drowned in great floods, leaving the world in cold dark. Finally, the gods decided to build a big fire, and that one would be thrown themselves into the fire. The fire was a great idea, but none of the gods liked the idea that they would have to sacrifice themselves upon it. Finally, Tekuchus Milakaya, the strongest among them, said, I will do it, for I am powerful. But the other gods turned to Nyamaka, the weakest, and the ones again, mostly spared from the group. And uh, that uh, the, the reply was, "I am not powerful, and I may be sick and covered with sores, but I am a good man, and I will do it." So the gods built their fires, and danced and drummed along the fire for four days and four nights. Then it was time for the powerful god to throw himself in the flames. He ran towards the flames and stopped when he reached the edge. I am afraid, he admitted. Three more times he tried and failed. Then it was the turn of the weaker god. He ran to the forest and leaped into the flames with a shout of joy. He went into the sky, uh, sky and became the sun. To Itzikato was so ashamed that he too leapt into the flames and another sun ascended the sky. The remaining gods were glad to have two sons, but one said, wait. Kato uh, has no right to shine as brightly as nomad uh, Nation trio who did not hesitate for throwing sense of flames looking around he spotted a rabbit and threw it uh, at the uh, at the second Sun the rabbit went flying and landed hard against the second Sun knocking it hard enough to bring the light that could be seen by, at night thus Namehatran became their son, while Tenehashkoko became to the moon. The world would be a benefit from both lights, but looking it up at a full moon, you can still see the marks of left for the poor rabbit hit.
1: Mm, Poor rabbit. Yeah. From Algeria. I agree. From Algeria comes the story of the boy who was sad all the time. As he had no family or friends. Despite his sadness, the boy could not cry tears as there were no tears on earth. So one night, the moon saw how sad the boy was and took pity on him. The moon floated down and came to rest next to the boy. Child, he said, you do not have tears to show your sadness, but I have come to help you. With me beside you, when you cry tears, will come to your eyes. Do not let the tears fall to the earth, but let them fall on me, and I will take them with me when I return to the sky. The boy began to weep great salty salty tears, and these were the first tears on earth. The boy carefully did not allow the tears to fall to the ground, but to fall upon the moon instead. The moon blessed the boy, saying, From this time on, people will love you, You will no longer be alone and sad, and when you do shed tears, in time the sadness will go away. After that, the boy was loved by everyone. He grew into manhood and had children of his own, who filled his life with happiness, love, and joy. Since that first night, the moon has carried the boy's tears with him as he's traveled across the sky. On nights of the full moon, you can see those tears spilling out of the moon's left eye.
0: All right. and ancient China, we do have a story of uh, the rabbit in the moon, another rabbit, another moon, and a special friend, an ancient Chinese queen called Jane O. The story goes that once a crow emperor wanted to live forever, telling his warriors to conquer all lands, sees seize all portions, potions and fine herbs that will bring money life eternal. Chang O, oh, his compassionate queen, warned him to be wise, for no man was meant to live forever. But the Emperor scoffed and replied, Where is my wisdom if I am dead? So his army searched the land with savagery and countless lives were lost. Chang Ho oh pleaded with her husband to stop, but instead he must achieve immortality. One night, the goddess Quan Yin Visited the weeping Chang Ho, handing her a small bottle to the queen. The goddess explained, perhaps you can stop the killing with this, the elixir of immortality. Chang Ho hurried to show the bottle to the emperor, but instead of being grateful, he shouted for her to give it to him at that moment. Hearing his heartlessness, Chang Ho replied, no, for a tyrant like you, you must live forever. She swallowed the uh, the excess. Lexer and leaped out the window instead of falling to her death her body rose into the sky rather than dying she was giving life immortal as she rose however her body changed that to a frog a fate that a goddess had meant for the emperor Chang O had no way of knowing that this would happen but luckily she landed safely on the moon and made friends with a rabbit living there she sits now by the rabbit's side as her own silvery, bright, shining log, never knowing that each other, each night of his lasting mortal days, that the emperor cured his queen upon that cursed the queen upon the moon for keeping it the secret of Anatoly safely from his grasp.
1: Autumn asked the the lyrics, "The Little Boy Blue" and "The Man on the Moon," if it came from that tale of the boy crying into the moon. Um, and that's a very good question. I, um, I'm i not sure if that's where it came from, but that, that kind of does make sense. I mean, the little boy is blue and the man of the moon came to him.
0: I mean, when you come at home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together again. We'll have a good time then.
1: Yes. Tells very though, as she is also known as Shang Jie, whose husband was a great archer, who shot down all of the extra suns in the sky so that our world would not burn. As such, in reward, he was given the elixir of mature immortality, but did not wish to use it and be immortal without his beloved wife. So he gave it to her to hold and keep safe. Someone tried taking the elixir from her, however. So she drank it to prevent anyone else from getting a hold of it. She managed to fly to the moon, however, and rather than completely abandoning her beloved husband. She still remains there to this day, but she has since made a friend on the moon with the rabbit who spends his time endlessly working the mortar and pestle. What it is that he and Shanja mix varies depending on the area but the tale is popular enough in myth that in the chinese culture that the moon rabbit or jade rabbit himself however appears in a variety of asian cultures including japanese and korean folklore even
0: other versions of chang ho and her husband were already immortal but were damned with mortality for their wicked ways chang ho was so uh, angry with her lot that she managed to trick the elixir of life away from its keep and drank. The gods were so upset with her that they turned her into a frog and stuck her on the moon, where she could do no more harm.
1: You know, there's so many different variations of this story. But she is a beloved fable character, regardless of which myth you know. The Chinese lunar exploration program has even named their robotic landers after Chang'e. The Chang'e Five was their first unnamed lunar—I'm sorry, unmanned lunar lander—to bring up back samples to the Earth.
0: Coming all, all the way over here to North America, there's an indigenous tale of a boy in the moon. He lived so long in a land so far to the north. Where winter nights were long and cold, the boy had a special power. And he wanted to use the powers to hunt deer. As a boy was so young, however, his brother, his father refused, saying, Your powers must not be taken lightly. You must wait until you're old enough to use them wisely. But yet the boy begged and begged, but his father still refused. So the boy cried and cried until the people of the village persuaded the father to give the boy permission to use his magic powers. So he did, and his magic was used to help the hunters return deer meat for the tribe. Then one night, the boy told his father, I want to go for the moon. I may want to live there. The replied father, you may want to go to the moon, but it does not matter since no one can travel there. The boy told his father that he will find a way, that his magic powers, to visit the moon, saying that one day if he disappeared, his father would know where to look for him. The morning came not long after when the father woke up and called his son, but there was no answer. He looked and looked, and he said the boy was not to be seen. It is not until late in the day that he noticed his son's pant leg hanging from the lodge, pulled high until the tent smoke holds. Then he remembered what the son had said about going to the moon. That night, when the moon was full rising, the father looked, and there was his son, standing on the moon, looking down at the earth. So far, the boy's powers had not been enough to return him to earth. If you look up at the moon, you will know it is him, and you will see that his right leg is still bare, from where his pants caught on the lodge pole as he shot himself up to the sky.
1: The Inuits of Alaska, Northern Canada, and Greenland have a myth of Anagan, or Igaluk, depending on the region telling the tale. In the story, the moon god wishes to capture the sun goddess Melina as his lover, despite Melina being his sister. Okay. Yeah. Um, He continually fails as she is clever. But he still chases her through the sky every night following the path she sets. As he chases her, he grows thinner and thinner, seen in the waning of the moon. When he disappears from sight, it is said that he has gone out hunting and then slowly regains his weight as he consumes his hunt.
0: In the Mayan culture, there is a story of Ixio, who just happens to be on the moon, that is. The one associated with fertility, Ixchel is an old woman who carried a jug of water with her, though even now and again she would dump the water jug over the world, sending powerful floods and rainstorms across the land. She is said to be the grandmother of the moon, and possibly even mother to the moon rabbit, and is goddess weavers of women in childbirth. In the moon's other phases, it changes from one to the other goddesses, all based on the various stages of a woman's life. Interesting. Yes.
1: Now, the Hindu believe in a moon god named Soma, or sometimes called Chandra. Soma guards the nectar of immortality, which can only be consumed by the gods. Soma rides across the sky in a chariot that is pulled by white horses. And all hairs in the world are said to represent Soma himself. Not like hair on your head, but you know, like rabbit hairs. Yeah. That that that's supposed to represent Soma. Bunnies. Yes. <laughs> when the moon wanes, it's because the gods are drinking away some of the moon's life forces or the elixir, causing it to shrink. The moon then slowly refills itself until it reaches its fullness again.
0: The Maori tribe of New Zealand tell of Rona, a young girl who was out one night fetching water. She stumbled over a tree root, hurting her feet, and began cursing the moon for not lighting its path as it was hiding behind some clouds. Unfortunately, Rona, the moon goddess, heard her and snatched away the young girl, carrying her off into the sky, despite the girl grabbing on a nearby tree. You can still see Rona in the moon having one of her hands in the container alongside that was where she was uprooted and grabbed.
1: Now, the Mamai Urens tribe in Brazil tell of a time that there was once so many birds in the sky that no light from the sun could penetrate their wings. As there was no sunlight, the people were afraid of wild animals taking advantage of cover of the night and attacking. Two brothers, Ayi and Kuat, decided to do something about it. They decided to visit the king of birds and beg him to allow the daylight to hit the ground once more. They waited inside of a dead animal until the bird king drew near to feed on it. As soon as he was within reach, Kuwak grabbed the king's leg and refused to let go unless he agreed to strike a bargain with them. The king of birds was forced to agree with the brothers. From then on, it was agreed that the day and night would alternate. Even in the night, people would have light to see by the king hung a moon in the sky. To see by as the king hung the moon from the sky. For their resourcefulness, the Mamayurans named the sun after Kuat, and the moon is called Ai. As we've seen,
0: Siberian myths are harsher, given their environment. Traditionally, they saw the world as a middle realm, either three, five, or seven worlds all sandwiched together, stacked up on top of one another. A tree connecting all the worlds together, such as the Norse tree, it, uh The roots descending deep into the realms inhabited by demons and evil spirits, while the branches uh, extend upward to the realms of the gods and spirits. It was a hero in the middle realm who once followed a golden bird up to the tree. The bird as that climbed higher and higher, it changed shapes many times until it finally became a woman. The hero... Having followed the bird, fell in love instantly with the woman and wanted to marry her. First, he was charged to destroy the extra sun and the moon that was making his realm too far hot and too cold. For help, the hero turned to the sea god, who boiled the hero in an iron kettle and shaped fragments that remained with the new man made of iron and armed with iron weapons. The hero then used his weapons to shoot down the extra sun and moon. Leaving our realm now tolerable with only one sun and one moon to sustain us. And thus he'd won the hand of the golden bird women. Women. Woman. Women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As, As Siberia is so large and many areas isolated from one another, this of the area are many and varied. There is a tale of a young man and his sister who were orphaned at a young age. The brother, being adventurous, often went into the woods while his sister was content to stay home. Gee, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. That sounds very familiar. Yes. Reminds me of my childhood. Maybe. One day, the brother caught the attention of the sun maiden who was lonely and reached down with the sunbeam to take the brother into the heavens to be with her. The brother stayed with the sun maiden for a week, but then he said he needed to go home and make sure that all was right with his sister. The sun maiden fearing for him gave the young man a whetstone and a comb and provided a flying horse to help him to reach earth. The brother flew back to his sister not realizing that she had been devoured by a witch named Hosadam, who had assumed her likeness to trick him. The witch severed one of the horse's legs and began to cook it. The brother realized this was not his sister. He grabbed the horse's partially cooked leg and ran out the door. Somehow he reattached the leg, "'and jumped on the horse to get away. "'Obviously, the horse didn't make it far "'before it collapsed due to the leg. "'So the young man abandoned the horse "'and continued on foot. "'The witch quickly caught up to him, "'so he threw the whetstone at her, "'which turned into a large mountain "'that blocked her way. "'Quickly, she chewed through the stone "'of the mountain with her teeth "'and continued the chase.' The brother then threw the comb at her and it turned into a thick forest, but that didn't stop her for long either. The sun maiden saw what was happening and reached out, grabbing him by the arm, just as the witch grabbed the other arm. Between the witch and the maiden, the young man was ripped in two. She tried to revive him, but the half that she saved was the half without a heart and her magic could only revive him for a short time before he would die again. She tried to replace his heart with burning coal, but it wouldn't last. Heartbroken and unable to stand seeing the young man like this, she banished him to the opposite side of the sky, decreeing that she would only see him on the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. The young man then became the crescent of the moon.
0: And no idea what happened to that poor flying horse or why it just didn't try to fly away from the witch. Odds are pretty good that she either killed it and stashed the body for, uh, for later or just used her magic to bring the carcass along so she'd have something to eat along the way.
1: With or without a name, we love our moon. And we aren't the only one. Zen Buddhism believes that the moon symbolizes enlightenment. The Japanese respect the moon so much that they even have a holiday just for it called Tsukimi. The Japanese moon festival takes place during autumn in order to honor the harvest moon. And festivities start days before the actual day of the moon viewing. For them, the beloved regard—I'm sorry—for them, beloved, regardless of your religious background, the moon is seen as a positive force. The ancient
0: Egyptians considered the moon as an important part of their religion, though it has never been more important as the sun. The moon was seen more as a nightly replacement for the sun itself.
1: Shia Muslims believe that the name of Muhammad's son-in-law, Ali ibn Ali ibn Abi
0: Talib, Talib,
1: is written on the moon. This one comes from records where Muhammad himself—I'm sorry—where Muhammad compared himself to the sun and Ali to the moon.
0: And how about one last uh, mythos? Uh, wind things up. Did you know that the Moroccan family in Madagascar was exiled between 1953 and 1955? During that time, many Moroccans claimed to see the face of King Mohammed V on the moon. We're pretty sure that the nationals who were clamoring for the king's return started a bit of collective hallucination. After all, those nationalists were handing out oodles of flyers with the king's pictures on them. Still, it is something that the uh, monarchy around the world would love to have happen. Given how revered the recently deceased British Queen Elizabeth II was, maybe she'll appear.
1: You know, personally, if I were to see a face on the moon, I think I would rather catch a glimpse of my, you know, my idol, Audrey Hepburn, up there, rather than some... A ruler that's halfway around the world. But again, that's just me. Well, what about
0: uh, Sasquatch, aka the Bigfoot? He's got fans all over the world and calls him by another names.
1: Nah, I think he's too hairy. You know, um, people wouldn't be able to recognize him. He would just be a hairy blob.
0: Yeah, that's how he appears in uh, the pictures that people do to, manage to take.
1: All right, Bigfoot can make an appearance.
0: All right. Well, we hope that you have much fun as we did going through just a few hundred of the myths out there. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, next week, November 13th, when we'll take a look at uh, remote viewing.
1: Yes, that should be an interesting
0: one. You know, those uh, who uh, who get into a little bit of history, probably name names, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll be an interesting uh, look.
1: Yes. I'm so glad. One of our listeners says they love our evenings. That makes me so happy to hear that you enjoy hanging out with us for a brief while. And again, if you're watching us on YouTube. Oh, Autumn. Yes. Thank you, Autumn. Always love hanging out with you and your family. Um, And if you're watching us on YouTube, we do ask that you like and subscribe and hit the notification so that you know when we are live as well as check out some of our other videos that we have there. If you're listening to a replay of this on wherever podcasts are followed, we do ask that you rate and review us and how many stars do we like for our ratings? Yes, we do like five stars, but we'll take whatever you give us, um, And if you do rate us again, review us, we can learn from the good just as the bad. We do read reviews on air, so it's a good way to get a shout out. And if you have anything you would like for us to talk about or any questions or even if you want to be a guest on our show, you can always email us at info at skepticpsychic.com. You can always join us at our Facebook group, Skeptic Psychic. It's a great, safe place to hang out and meet fellow like-minded people. And there was one other thing I wanted to throw in there. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, yes. Share with your friends. If you know anybody who might find us interesting and entertaining, as always, invite your friends along to check us out. As
0: John Levitz once said, get to know me. Come on. Spread that, friends, around. You know, you might even join me.
1: Yes. So, as always, we'll see you next week at 8.30 p.m. You're You're welcome, Raymond. I'm glad you enjoyed hanging out with us again. And we'll see you next week at 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain, 6.30 Pacific. Yep. And sweet dreams, everybody.
0: And unpleasant nightmares.
1: Good night. Take care, all.